What's up, Pitt fans? Welcome back to another Pitt Mailbag here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network. He is Chris Carter. I'm Noah Hiles. And uh, Carter, how was your weekend? My weekend's been great. Yeah? I'm still here at the Four Seasons here in West Lake Village of Los Angeles, California. And I've had a great weekend selling, celebrating with my friends Raman Anuja, who had a lovely wedding weekend here. Wrapping things up. I'll be back in the Berg t- uh, Tuesday. So by the time y'all hearing this, I'll, I'll, I'll be back. But I've had a spectacular weekend. How was your weekend, Noah? Um, Not as spectacular, <laughs> if we're being transparent. Uh, it was, you know, I had a great Friday, and I had an amazing Saturday morning. Saturday night, not fun. Sunday, not fun either. Uh, but I'm doing better now. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll – uh, address that as we start the show but before we do we got to read some ads here this show is of course brought to us by mike's beer bar whether you're in town for steelers pirates or pit game mike's beer bar is right across the street from pnc park and has the best selection of beer in town as well as amazing food options they have over 20 tvs and you can catch all of your nfl college football pirates penguins riverhounds and premier league action right at mike's come on in and try one of their 500 different available beers 300 of them being local craft beers, as well as 80 different local craft beers available on tap. You can also get a flight to try out every option you could dream of. And trust me, you won't run out of favorites because I never do, and I'm always there. Try their steak on a stone for an awesome meal where you can choose how hot you want your steak cooked with a heated stone right in front of you as you enjoy a night out in Pittsburgh. Come to Mike's Beer Bar and get your sports fix and experience the best bar in Pittsburgh. This show is also brought... Yes, it really is. Uh, this show is also brought to you by the Great Yenzer Tailgate, which is bringing the best of the Berg to South Point on November 4th, showcasing Pittsburgh's rich, rich culture, iconic sports history, and vibrant community spirit. The Great Yenzer Tailgate will immerse you in the unique blend of traditions that make Pittsburgh legendary. Visit www.thegreatyenzertailgate.com for the detail for details. We'll see Yens there. All right. So, Saturday night. I'm sure a lot of people are interested or some people are just tuning in to, to get more upset with me. That's fine. People can, I, I, I can't control how people feel about me. It is the end. It's, you know, it is what it is. It's not the end of the world. Uh, well, let's get to the, let's yeah, get to the point, get to the point about, of what okay. happened. So for those who aren't uh, aware, Saturday night, there was um, some drama on social media. Uh, I want to start off by saying no journalist is supposed to be a part of the story. And Chris has known me well before we started working together at the Post-Gazette. Yep. I hate being a part of the story. I like Mm -hmm. being in on some jokes with some coaches and players. I think Carter and I have done a great job at, at, you know, getting to know this this program. Uh, The guys on Narduzzi staff, the players Mm -hmm. in the locker room, and we've built relationships with those guys. And I'm fine having a a relationship with them and, and, and joking back and forth and being someone that, they can come to and, and, and talk to uh, on the record for stories and everything. Um, but I don't, I don't like being tied into a storyline because that's not what a journalist is about. I, I hate, you know, I, I like attention in the sense where it's like, you know, it's fun to, to do well and break news. Like every journalist likes credit when they do well. Um, but you never want to be wrapped up in some negativity surrounding the team you cover. That's just not good. And unfortunately, that was the reality for me based off of what happened. So I'm going to break down exactly what happened here. All right. So after the game was over, I, I go down and I cover the post-game press conference. Uh, Pitt, of course, 
58 to seven loss to Notre Dame, the worst loss in the Narduzzi era. Um, so Pat in his opening statement at the, toward the end of it, he talked about how his team is in a rough or in a tough situation was what he said. Uh, so the first question asked was kind of following up on that tough situation. He, he was asked, you know, what specifically makes you feel like you're in a tough situation? Like, what does that really mean? And so this was his full quote. quote. He, he, he talked about, he said, I'll go back as far as a football coach. You lose a lot of good players. He even said a little bit more before that. He, got, he talked about, he said he started by talking about, um, and I don't have that part of it in front of me, and we'll talk about why. Uh, he started talking about how they just lost back-to-back really tough games. And then here's the big quote. It's, uh, I'll go back as far as a football coach. You lose a lot of good players from a year ago, and you think as a coach, you're going to replace them, and obviously we haven't. Again, it starts with me. I didn't do a good enough job coaching today. Put it on me, and we've got to make plays. Now, the question that was asked to Pat pertained not to Saturday's loss, but to why his team is in a tough situation, tough situation being two and six overall through eight games. Um, so as someone who's observing, as someone who is you know looking for – the, the the bulk, the meat there in that response, because in a, in a long answer, you can't publish the whole thing because sometimes it doesn't have to do with the question that's asked. That's just the reality of it, um, especially with a guy like Narduzzi, who it can be a little long winded. And sometimes he addresses multiple things in one answer. I reported what I thought was the answer to the question that was asked. He wasn't asked about why he felt they lost on Saturday. He was asked why he felt the team was in a tough spot. So with that being said, I thought the part of that long quote that stood out was, I'll go back as a football coach. You lose a lot of good players from a year ago, and you think as a coach you're going to replace them, and we obviously haven't. Okay. Right then and there. That's the quote that I thought was relevant. That's the quote I attempted to tweet verbatim. What I tweeted read as follows. We lost a lot of good players last year. We thought we'd replace them, and we obviously didn't do a good job with that. That's not the same thing. I get it. I tried to quote him verbatim while live tweeting during a press conference while he's continuing to talk, and I didn't get the words exactly right. And I put quote marks around it, and that's on me. I didn't get the quote verbatim. Now, with that being said, I still think, and I've said this online, and I've said this everywhere, I think that I accurately portrayed what he was trying to say. People are upset, of course, that I didn't include you know, him saying it's on me, although I do say in my tweet, we obviously didn't do a good job with that. I think that that right there kind of talks about the accountability he takes on, on rebuilding the roster. But everything he says after that, where he's blaming the loss on himself against Notre Dame, I don't think that has anything to do with him talking about the season as a whole. So well, I tweet that. Of course, it gets a reaction on Twitter. I did not anticipate it blowing up the way it did. I knew, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah, I was smart enough to know that obviously that's going to stand out. But, you know, I, I thought there would just be more of a reaction just in general because there was a 51-point loss that we had just seen on national television. Uh, but, of course, you know, players see this stuff. And when players react to a quote, as someone who covers the team, you, you don't hide from that. Uh, I, right. along with... A lot, pretty much everyone who covers this team pointed out, hey, players are reacting to this quote. I then 
was informed that my verbatim quote was, or my quote wasn't verbatim, that I missed a couple of words here and there. So I updated it. I provided the full context. Uh, that was another thing. People were mad that I didn't claim, claimed I didn't provide full context, that I should have included the beginning and the other, the ending part. And I did that. And um, so all of that happened. Uh, some people were very upset with me saying that I was trying to create, you know, a negative situation that I was trying to maybe divide the locker room or make Narduzzi look bad. That's not what I was trying to do. I promise you that. I, I have never once gone out of my way to try to make anyone look bad. People think that I get people. Some people are like inferring that I get paid by clicks that I get paid based off of Twitter engagement. I don't maybe receive not. an extra dime for any of that. I'm a yeah. salary employee and that's what I get paid. So the fact that my tweets get picked up based on whatever it is, it does not benefit me in any way. And in, in Saturday's case, I wish it didn't get that much, you know, traction I, I because it was just negative for me and mm. it is what it is. Uh, you know, you, and people can have their opinion. Like I said, I own the fact that I didn't get the quote verbatim. I'm not going to try to live quote him anymore because it's not worth it when you even even if you feel like you portrayed what he was trying to say correctly, if you didn't get it 100 percent, then it's not a quote. And that's on me. Um, but people can have their interpretation. Or I just want to wrap this up, Carter. Um, people can sure. have their interpretation of how it all played out. The players obviously reacted. And then today, Narduzzi informed us that on Sunday he held a team meeting. He apologized to his players. And I just want to read what he said. He said, the first thing I said as I sat here at the podium was apologizing for to our football team and to our guys about my post-game comments, which which didn't obviously come out the way I intended them to come out. And sometimes that happens. I look at it over the last really 48 hours, 24 hours. There's nothing worse than a loss. Losses hurt. And the first thing I did was jump on a plane and I'm watching the video on my iPad. The loss hurts and everybody in that locker room is hurt. But when you feel like your players are hurt by something you said as the head coach, that hurts even worse. It makes you sick to your stomach. So I didn't sleep a whole lot Saturday night. I could promise you that. I talk to our guys all the time about our program goals, and I won't get into four of them, which have been here since I've been here in the eight and a half season. Relationships. It's the number one thing we talk about all the time, and the relationships I have with our players is critical. That never, ever can change. And when you don't have relationships with your team, you have an issue. I had a great meeting with them last night. I think they know where I'm coming from and where I was coming from. I think they get it. Relationships are everything. It's why I coach. It's why it's what I do. It's what I've done for years. To me, it's always been players love the coaches and the coaches love the players. I don't have that. If you don't have that, you've got issues. So I feel really good with where we are going into this week. So to recap everything that happened, there it is. And also, obviously, Narduzzi apologized to his team. That's all I have to really say about it. I don't care to talk about it anymore, aside from, you know, Carter, what your initial thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, Noah, one one thing I, you know, I, I obviously, I wasn't there. I Like I, like, I, like I said at the top of this show, uh, you know, I'm still in California. I came here. We, we planned this. And we, were, we were both even disappointed that this ended up being the weekend that I wouldn't be there because we yeah. were both looking forward to going to South Bend. It's a, you know, historic place in college football history and all the other things there. So I, I wasn't there and I didn't get the chance to, to see it. But like, you know, when I'm, I was, I, you know, when I'm retweeting it and I'm seeing it and I'm seeing how, how you handled it, you handled it the way 
that journalists handle it. And, I, and like another, you know, one of my one of, one of the journalists that I look up to, like I, I read this guy a lot, Jesse Washington from ESPN. He, he's he's an author. He's a, he's a great writer. He's broken a lot of great stories in his time. Like I, I saw him, he he was like, yeah, this is exactly how you handle this. You you, you quote something, uh, you go back and then you add more context later. It's literally what journalists do. I, I think part of what's happened here, especially with Pitt's season, is that. There's a lot of negativity fl- flying around. There's a lot of disappointment, a lot of frustration from players, coaches, fans, everyone. And when that happens, p- things get latched onto. And I think that's all that happened with your quote was that you didn't like again, you didn't misinterpret the spirit of what Pat Narduzzi was saying. At the end of the day, that man still said that they that they did not do a good job replacing the talent that they lost. And that's that's the truth of it. And yeah, sure. He he he's not. He wasn't saying that. That's why that the that the lack, lack of talent is why they got destroyed, fifty-eight to seven Notre Dame. And he's saying this is a hundred percent on me. And he and he's right. I mean, at the end of the day, you know what he's talking about. What he's also acknowledging there is that he's the head of recruiting. He's he's the he's the guy that right. brings the people the players in. Um, but again, this isn't something that hasn't happened before. Jeff Capel said said a very similar comment. Right. After the 2021-22 season, I covered that and I I reported that when he when he said that and people were like, man, he threw his t- his team under the bus. Guess what Pitt did? They went out and got better players the, the next season and they made their first tournament since Jamie Dixon was a coach. Um, I, and you know I, I don't think that this is a comment that's that unique. You know, it's it, in in its in itself. It you know it's one thing that I think coaches try to their best to avoid. I think some of the best coach speakers out there do avoid it. Uh, you know, but it, it's not as damaging as I, I think people tried to make it out to be. I think that it's, uh, you know, there's 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 a moment there where it's a bad look, but it's something that will be a bump in the road for Pitt and in a, in a, on a, in a program that I think uh, is going to make a lot of efforts to fix what happened, what's happened this year uh, and get back onto the winning side of things next season. So um, I, I think things get magnified in the moment you handled yourself extremely professionally. Um, I, you know, so I, I, you know, I know I'm your partner, I'm your friend here. Uh, so, so, so some people might say, oh, that's rich coming from Chris there, but I think it's the truth. Uh, and I think that everyone can kind of move on from this and kind of realize like, okay, this was definitely being blown up in the moment. We won't be remembering this uh, next year uh, too much when, you know, if they come out and they play better. Because that's the thing, if they if they win game, goes goes behind them. They've had stuff like this happen before. I, I remember the last time they played Notre Dame, and that was when Paris Ford opted out, and everyone thought the sky was falling. And, you know, not that, not that the rebound that they had that season is going to happen this season. Um, but uh, there, there's always bad things in the moment that look worse, especially after blowout losses like that. The biggest thing is can Pat Narduzzi rally his team, keep guys, keep guys ahead of head on the right path, and keep developing some of the younger players they have on this team. Because here's one, another thing: I do think this team has talent on it that can get yeah. to that level. And I think that he's acknowledging, like, hey, we need to do better in getting them to this point. So, like you said, I, I don't think it's as big a deal as it's been made out to be. Um, but I think that you've handled you've handled it professionally. You know, I've talked with other people to make sure that I'm not seeing this just in a biased way because I'm your partner and your friend. I'll, almost every journal, no, every journalist I've talked to about the situation has come to the same conclusion. So, I, again, I think we can move on. Thank you, and and I don't need anyone to defend me or whatever. I right. I I let my work speak for itself. Um, you know, if you if you want to point out how something went down with a blue vase or whatever to judge me, that's fine. I I like I I think that my work. Stands for itself. Since Chris and I have taken over this beat, we've told stories that no one else has had. We broke news that no one else was able to break. 
we've done, I think, a pretty solid job. And that's not me tooting my own horn or anything. That's just me explaining how I feel that I've done. And if, if other people disagree, then that's fine. They're, they're entitled to their opinions. But I, I don't need anyone defending me. And, and, you know, if people want to dislike me, that's fine. That's okay. I'm not here to have my own fans. I'm here to report about the team. So with that being said, let's talk about the team a little bit, Carter. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> we start off. CDP wants to know, is Rodney in the doghouse because of his pass blocking? I rewatched the Notre Dame game, and he whiffed on a few blocks. So I don't know if Rodney's in the doghouse. Um, I, have, I don't have the full box score, do I, here? I don't. Here. I do. I do. So Rodney uh, – Ran the ball six times against Notre Dame for 31 yards. That's 5.2 yards a carry, um, which obviously, I mean, six carries is not a lot. But personally, I think last week, there just weren't a lot of situations where they could run the ball. I mean, they fell behind. He he didn't, I don't think, he got in uh, Pitt's third series of the game, if I recall correctly. So if you figure... Yeah. You know, if his if his first playing time is coming late in the first quarter, early in the second quarter, you know, you're you're already behind the eight ball as far as opportunities to get him involved. And then you look at what happened in the third quarter. I mean, they they were outscored what, 24 nothing in the third quarter, 23 nothing, 26 nothing, something along those lines. They they allowed a lot of points in the third quarter and the game got away from them. So you just can't run the ball. Now, overall, I, I don't know what it is keeping Rodney out of the doghouse. I mean, anytime you ask Narduzzi about it, he says nice things about Rodney. Um, we've spoke on here a couple of times about how we have heard there are durability concerns, um, how he has been a little bit banged up. But overall, there's there's no pinpoint evidence that can explicitly explain why this guy is the number two running back on the team right now. I mean, I think part of it also, Sebo had played very well the last few yeah. games for Pitt. Uh, you know, he was, I mean, he, he was a big factor in then keeping them in the Wake Forest game. Uh, you know, he got over 100 yards for the first time of anyone, you know, for the season this year. Uh, and I think Sebo Flemister's done a good job. But I also think, you know, it's like what you said, you know, Roddy Hammond, you know, maybe his banged up, him being banged up is part of, the, is, is part of it. And we we brought this up now multiple times on this very show, Noah. When we asked Andre Powell, Pitt's running back coach, about Rodney and, you know, if him getting more carries could lead to him, you know, wearing down defenses, you know, he asked us, why do you think that he can play like that? I mean, that was an on the record in, at the podium with the pit backdrop behind us question to us. And, you know, we brought up Syracuse and in, in the, in the Sun Bowl and he was like, well, and, and he backed off the, the question there. But I, I do think there's a question as, as far as Rodney's durability. And it seems, you know, it may, but here's the thing. We are not privy to injury information. Pat Narduzzi and Pitt, they keep that very tight locked up. Um, so it's tough for us to, you know, they don't, we, we are not, oh, there's no rule that says that we get to know that information in college. That's why a lot of coaches operate that way. Um, you know, we can only see what we see at practice and we can't even comment on what we see at practice unless it's talked about by some of the players. So, um, you know, I, I think part of it, maybe they, they see things that we don't about Rodney, um, but I, I can imagine that he's a he's a running back who, when Izzy went on last year, and and Rodney was you know the clear number two and was a, looked, looked looked like a good number two. Again, he had over 120 rushing yards and I think two touchdowns against Syracuse. Uh, he had another two touchdowns against UCLA in in the the Sun Bowl win they had. Um, 
you know, I look at those and I'm and I'm thinking like, man, like he's just going to be the, the next guy. And he just hasn't been. Um, and, but and I also think part of it is Pitt's offensive line hasn't been as good this year. And that, that happens. Remember last year they had the entire returning offensive line from the ACC championship season. This year they had a lot of guys who were going to be a big part of this. Matt Gonsalves was first team all ACC preseason. Him, Ryan Jacoby, Jake Cradle. Um, and Blake Zabovic have, you know, have, have been injured for multiple games this season. Two of those guys have been out for the season for most of it. And that's, that's going to impact your run game. It's going to impact anybody's run game. So I think Rodney, is he in a doghouse? I don't know if it's a doghouse. I think that Pitt and Pitt just sees, I think Pitt's the way Pitt's using him is an obvious, uh, an obvious indication that they think that he's dealing with injuries that they're trying to keep him from. Um, but I, I do think that Rodney is a guy that if he were to get 20 to 25 carries, I think he could be a, be a, a powerful force for Pitt. Um, the same way Sebo has been when he's been given those opportunities. So we'll see how it plays out, but it's certainly going to be a big question at the end of the season. Uh, if this pace continues of how they're using Rodney, if he'll want to stick around for that. And it's also worth pointing out as you're talking about Rodney, just the run game in general. I mean, this team was without its left tackle. Against Notre Dame, yeah, Branson that's a, yeah. Taylor's hurt. Yeah, yeah. Been gone. yeah. Oh, I'm saying Branson Taylor didn't play against Notre Dame. That, so yeah. you know, you started a guy in Terrence Enos who I think Pat said has played five snaps this season or something like that. So that's not the defense you want to be starting a new tackle against. And, right. and and Ryan Bear is just as raw essentially. I mean, he has like four or five starts under his belt. So the offensive line was kind of outmatched right now. And then that's not unfair to say just Notre Dame's you're playing one of the best probably the best defense you're going to see all season um or one of the two I would say and you got a banged up offensive line and a struggling run game that's just going to result in Rodney continuing not to get the touches that some people think he should uh on the note of Notre Dame um because I also think that this plays some context into what happened Saturday Dwight asks what our opinion is on this Notre Dame team so Notre Dame team's really good I mean really really good they are they, yeah. they got they got um, I mean, they have a mul- they have multiple losses. That's gonna happen. Uh, but I mean, if you look at the teams they lost to, it looks like Louisville's a pretty good team this year. And I and yeah. I still think that if those two teams were to play again, I wouldn't count out the Irish in the rematch. Um, but they're in, a top the, ten defense right now, Noah. Yeah, they're 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 giving up fifteen point three points per game. Like, let's let's be real. Like, that's a that's a really doggone good team, and they got a heck of an offense too. Yeah, like, they got like, a good quarterback. Right yeah, and I mean that defense, and it's just. That was a matchup nightmare for Pitt. They've mm-hmm. got a great defense against Pitt's offense, which has struggled all year. It's looked better since yep. Bayer's taken over, but I mean that's the first time he's played a defense that looks remotely that talented. And you can even compare yeah. that to Louisville. They were just outmatched. That was a really good team. It's on the road. This team hasn't won a game on the road yet. You're telling me they're going to go into Notre Dame Stadium and and do well? I, I just. There was a reason why Pitt was a 20-point underdog. That's that's a really, really yeah. good team. And potentially the only team that's better that they're going to play this year is the one they're playing Saturday. So that's my thought on it. Chris, any disagreement? No, I, Notre Dame's a very good team. It's why both of us picked Notre Dame to win the game. It's why, you know, it's why they, they're, they've been ranked. Uh, and I think it was why everyone was so shocked when Louisville beat them. They're like, whoa, what's up with that? Because that team's really doggone good. Um, so, yeah. I'm not, I, you know, I'm not surprised. That team is very talented. They're going to have a lot of guys that go to the NFL on that squad. I, I, again, Pitt's been struggling this year. It's a bad year. Uh, you know, they're down. I, I thought the biggest thing I took away from that though was 
you know, Ryan Bear, uh, the Monday morning, people were still addressing the comments and everything and and stretching what Pat said, uh, you know, to make it even worse than what you even tweeted. They're like, oh, my God, he's just he's telling the locker room to get out of here. He's like, OK, every, and Ryan Bear, a redshirt freshman, by the way, it's like everyone relax. Like we're past it. We got to focus for the on, on the next thing. We're, we're you know we're we're not losing the locker room. It's not as big of a deal as everyone has made it out to be. Um, so I, I think Pitt it, Pitt recognizes the Pitt, Pitt player. They realize like, hey, you got to put that in, in the in, behind you and move forward. That's what they're gonna do. Um, Notre Dame is a great team. You're gonna and when you run up against great teams, you play poorly. That's gonna be your result. Bottom line. All right. So Rich has the next question. Uh, yes, is Christian Veyer still Pitt's quarterback in 2024? Or do you think they find next year's starter in the portal? Carter, you can start with this. I feel like we got to see how he continues to play this season. Um, this was obviously a rough one through four interceptions. Um, but I still think that he has the makings of what you want in a quarterback. The guys are, what, a redshirt sophomore. He's got two more years of eligibility under, under you know, in, in his career. Um, we've seen really good glimpses of it. We've seen a lot of the, you know, I, I've brought it up on the film study that I've done for the Post-Gazette. You know, this guy, he has the arm to fit it down the field. He sees things at a really good rate when they're there. Um, you know, I think if you go back to Kenny Pickett's career, there were some schlackings that he took. I uh, mean, go back to some of the games that he played Clemson when Pitt was just completely right. outmatched. Like he and he and he didn't look anything like the Kenny Pickett. But that happens when you're a quarterback in that situation. Um, Christian Veyer, I think the biggest thing that could show if Christian Veyer bounces back with a strong performance uh, against Florida State or, well, maybe after Florida State because. They're in a similar conversation as Notre Dame, uh, but uh, if he can bounce back and show some 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 life, at the, you know, throughout this year, that's the quarterback that you want. And now Pitt could go out and get a guy that can have open competition next year. We'll see how Ty Diefenbach develops uh, and everything. But I, I don't think there's any reason just because of one bad performance against a top ten defense that Christian Bayer shouldn't be the court the starting quarterback next year uh, if he if he does bounce back and play well. So. Kenny Pickett's third career start, if I have this right, was mm -hmm. against Penn State in 2018. Because his first career start was Ooh. the final game of 2017, and the second game of the year for Pitt that season was against Penn State. So that would have mm -hmm. been his third career start. Yes. Pitt lost that game 51-6. to Kenny mm -hmm. Pickett in that game was 9 of 18 for 55 yards and an interception. You pointed out how he performed against Clemson. You know, against Clemson in that ACC championship game. Um, I don't think he had a really good game against them in 2020 as well. Oh, yeah, it was bad. Um, so, yeah, you know, young quarterbacks are going to struggle early in their careers against really good defenses. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. And, and, and you, you saw the, you saw how Pat stood by uh, Dracovic this year. Yeah. You know, d despite all those struggles. And Dracovic, makes like the least amount of sense out of every quarterback for him to stand by. You know, he stood by Keaton last year and there was some logic to that because there was a chance Keaton could have been Pitt's quarterback this season. Um, mm -hmm. Dracovic, meanwhile, I mean, that's it for him. Like he has no, he means no future to the program. So if Narduzzi was as, as loyal as he, as he was to Phil, you have to assume this guy's going to continue to back Christian Bayer and he should. Christian Bayer look good in his first two starts. There are a lot of positive intangibles to take away. And you shouldn't start doubting him just because he had one bad game against a really good team. And, you know, chances yeah. are this guy's probably going to struggle a little bit Saturday as well. It wouldn't surprise me. He's playing, no 
He's playing a really good team. Their defensive line's better than Notre Dame's. Look at the guys they have up front. Um, yeah. And the rest of the defense isn't bad either. I mean, they've been blowing everyone out of the water. So, yeah, he's going to have some some growing pains along the way. But Narduzzi said this himself. He said, you know, losing is the best way to learn. That that experience, that helps. And, and Kenny Pickett, yeah, he got his butt kicked against some really good mm-hmm. teams earlier in his career, against Clemson, against Penn State, against Central Florida. Um, but if you look through his career high or you know his career history, the older he got, the better he was in those big games. And that's just because of experience. These are things that just unfortunately, when you're a program like Pitt and you can't just grab a five star, put him in an offense surrounded by you know all American linemen and first round draft pick receivers and all that. Like when you're a program like Pitt, you need to really develop someone, someone that they have something that they have not been able to do in a long time. This is going to be part of the process. You're going to have tough efforts against mm-hmm. really good defenses, and Christian Veyer is going to get better from this. I have no doubt about it. I thought I'm right with you he, on that. Yeah, a lot of respect to him for coming out and talking in the post game, answering the questions, and taking full accountability. Um, he's going to learn from this, and he's going to get better. So, yeah, I, I don't think it'd be right for anyone to give up. Now, if he plays like he did Saturday for the rest of the season, including against teams like Syracuse and Boston College, right? Then it's a different That's conversation. Different. But where we currently yeah. stand, yes, this should be Bayer's team. And Narduzzi's pretty much – not pretty much. He said Christian is still the starter. So it is. We'll move on now. Dalton wants to know, is there any chance at this point we see Michigan State offer Pat Narduzzi its head coaching job? I'll start. No. I don't see a way this is happening now. Just based off – let's be real. I mean, this is, this is his worst season as a head coach. This guy hasn't been a head coach right. anywhere else. So – you know, this is his whole body of work, and the overall body of work is solid. But it's been a bad year for him, and not just the yeah. team, for him. Some of the choices that he's made have directly impacted how this season has gone, and he'll be the first to admit that. Um, and then you add in the fact that, yeah, he he has not said some of the best things in the postgame pressers or during Monday press conferences. And, you know, some will point to me or Chris or other reporters for blowing it out of proportion, but... The reality is, I mean, he's owned it too. Like he's admitted that some of the things he said were not the best. So between, you know, his comments that he's made and the negative press he's received through there, plus the fact that this is the worst season in his head coaching career, two and six, um, or at least the worst start, I I don't see a way he gets offered this job. Unless if options one through five all deny it, they might consider him, but I just, I don't see a way he's leaving now. I'm I'm right with you. And, and again, this goes back to even beyond Michigan State, even beyond what they were. I don't think Pat wants to leave right now. I think Pat, like as much as people get frustrated with Pat Narduzzi's stubbornness in, in, in certain things and not and being immovable, like on Phil Dracovic or, or the defense, just playing the same defensive scheme, you know, week in and week out, even when when it doesn't work some weeks. Um, Pat Narduzzi, he wants to prove that this team, that this program is still what it was the last two, two, three years. He wants to, he wants to go out and show that this, this was a, this was a bump in the road and that he, he I, I can't, I can't see him leaving the, 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 the program at the state like this, unless he's forced to leave. And, and unless Pitt says, you know what, thanks Pat for your services, but we're moving on. And I don't think that Pitt, Pitt's that kind of a program either. They've stuck by Jeff Capel and we've seen that produ- produce a really good season. We'll see how that produces, you know, you know, in, in this season and moving forward. Uh, and Pat Narduzzi's 
won you an ACC championship, gotten you to two. You have 20 wins the last two years. Um, you know, I, I think that Pitt sticks by him, and, and I think that he wants to stick by, by Pitt because, like you said, there's a loyalty to, to the players, loyalty to the guys, that, the, the kids that he brings into the program, uh, loyalty to his coaches because also there's a lot of the coaches that have been there since the start. Uh, and, and you know, I, I know that a lot of those guys on that staff, they trust Narduzzi a ton, um, and they have a great relationship with him. So, yeah, I, I think that Pat Narduzzi isn't even not only with Michigan State. Not I don't think Pat Narduzzi is looking for, for them to offer. Like I, I think that like if they if he was called for an interview, I think he'd be like, I'm good, thanks, because I think he wants to prove that this is a bump on the radar, bump on the road, and that uh, Pitt, Pitt he can get Pitt, Pitt back on track, and that they're gonna have future strong years because they have again they there's young talent on this team that could develop into some serious serious stars for Pitt, uh, and very soon. Uh, and, and, you know, Christian Bayer could be one of them at quarterback. You know, we talked about Russ Bayer. I think he's another another guy that could develop into some serious talent. I think they have that across the board. You've seen a lot of true freshmen even play this year. Kenny Johnson looks amazing. And uh, I, I think Pat Narduzzi wants to wants to keep doing what he's doing at Pitt and prove to people that he's that he he's what he's building here is real. And it's not it wasn't a flash in the pan. That this is this, this is a for real deal. All programs deal with rough times. And especially when you when you're at kind of at Pitt's level where you don't get you know you don't have all the recruiting resources that get five star recruits every every single year or even you know once once every other year. But I think that Pat Narduzzi wants to prove that what they're building at Pitt is real and they're going to keep building forward with it. So no, I don't see Michigan State offering. I don't see him looking for it. I think this is this story has been dead in the water for quite a bit. Yeah, uh, just to kind of summarize too. I mean. Pat Narduzzi ain't going out like this. Exactly. That's, that's just who he is. Like, I, I like even like to build off of like what you said and just everything. It's just this man, say what you want about him, good or bad. Like this guy believes in himself. Absolutely. And, and he, he has a lot of pride. Coaches. Right. And yeah, he believes in what he's built here. And he believes like, that's why I think part of the reason he said so many weird things in his post game pressers or his Monday pressers it's because he doesn't know what to say. He, he's never lost by 51 points. He's never had a quarterback play as bad as Dracovic did. He's never been in these spots. And so he gets caught off guard. And he can't believe that it's gone this poorly. I, I genuinely believe that. Like, I don't think he even saw one scenario where this team would be two and six right now. And he believes that they're going to be a lot better in the future. And he wants to be around when that happens. So. On that note, our final question comes from obviously. I love this. I love this Twitter account. Obviously, not Tomlin. Uh, he points out that in 1996, Pitt football finished or lost by scores of 34 nothing, 72 nothing, 45 nothing, 55 7, and 60 to 6. They won four games Kent State, Temple, Boston College, Rutgers. What does Pitt have to do from here on out to not be considered the worst season in the past 30 years? Win. Yeah. Really, <laughs> that's what it comes down to, right? I mean, right. I mean, shoot, if it wins out, it still goes to a bowl. It's definitely not the worst team. Um, now let's let's assume it doesn't win out. That's a fair assumption, right? Let's assume yeah. it doesn't beat Florida State. Quite fair. Now, if it finishes after losing to Florida State three and zero to end the year, you're looking at a trend here where at least you can point to Narduzzi teams and say they finished the year strong. Because they were four and zero in November last year, yep. uh, they go three and one this year. I believe they would have been three and one in November in twenty twenty. 
as well. They were pretty good in November in 2021. They were pretty good at all months those years. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that that's probably something where they don't get remembered as the worst team, but I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I think it's fair to say this is going to be remembered as the worst team in their, the Narduzzi era, because even in 2017, yeah. if they both finished with five and seven records, he was still building something here that time, you know, right. like this yep. is, this is different. This is coming off of two seasons in a row where you're ranked you know, 20 wins combined in two years. It shouldn't have been this bad at this point. So, yeah, it's going to be his worst season for Narduzzi. Um, you know, in order to avoid, you know, the, the 1996 comparisons, yeah, they're going to have to they're gonna have to beat some teams, and that means pulling off another upset against a ranked team because Florida State and Duke, those are two really good teams. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm right with you on, on, on this as well. As far as worst teams, you know, there's whenever we talk about worst and best, there's always a lot of context that goes into everything. You know, this year, you know, if Pitt, you know, if Pitt doesn't, uh, if Pitt doesn't suffer some of the injuries that it did on the offensive line, they might win a couple more games. If uh, if if that if that slide call isn't called against Wake Forest, they win that game. You know, there's there's a lot of things you could point to about 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 this team in this year, but uh, they still have what four five games ahead of them. Four. Yeah, four games. So you win. You win three out of those four. You change. You change. You change the tone of this, this this season, and you get it there. But I think it's it's more so what your point is is that people were talking about Pitt like it had turned the corner after the ACC championship and then a Sun Bowl win on a nine win to, to cap a nine win season. And when you see those those results, you think, okay, this program can finally be a consistent contender can start to consistently finish ranked and it pit pits, you know, getting back to where it once was in its glory days. And at least is on that trajectory. This D this season derails that, that escalation, but growth like that isn't always linear. So I think that that's one thing to remember is that, you know, there's plenty of programs that have built their way up to that, that they encountered bumps on the way as well. Does that make this the worst season, you know, in the Bernardus era? I, I think right now, like you said, yes, because it be, because of that expectations to, the reality that they are what two and five now, two and six, two and six. They're two and six. So, you know that that rea- that reality is is inescapable. But, um, I also, I but you know, comparing it to nineteen ninety six, always have you always have to look back to kind of where things were. We got to see how they finish. If they finish strong, they can set themselves up. Because here's the other thing: if they finish strong and Chris, like let's say they finish the season out, their last game is against Duke on the road. Yeah. If if Duke's ranked by that time. And they win that game, and Christian Bayer looks good, and you got like a lot of young players like Kenny Johnson, like Ryan Bear, like uh, uh, you know all the linebackers they've been Rasheen Biles, you know all those guys, and all those guys get experience from that, and they're like they look around, they're like, hey, there's something here. You can carry that forward to next year, and if you start if things get fixed next year, it makes this not as terrible of a season. But you got to finish strong. And that's what Pat Narduzzi is talking about, staying focused on what they have to do to get better for these rest of these games. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I've said this before. I wouldn't be surprised if we look at this team like we end up looking at the 2007 Pitt team, where it ended its year with a big upset win. I, I mean, yep. I don't know if it's going to upset. I don't know if Duke's going to be number two in the country uh, by that point. Yep. But if, if it can end its team year with an upset win, you look at like everyone who's coming back and you see talent 
you see you see guys who are going to be a lot better and there is reason to be optimistic moving forward that does not mean that this year has not been terrible though so carter any final thoughts i just want to point out there's a lot of you people out here who were down on me and were doubting me but as it came out monday morning from the courts in Allegheny, uh, in the great county of Allegheny, Christopher Carter has 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 all of the charges have been dropped for stealing Kenny Pickett's SUV. So oh I just want to point out, I'm back. I, I said I said I was innocent from the start. In all seriousness, if y'all remember this story, I was yeah. I've been dying to this. If y'all remember this this story in the summer, a man named Christopher Carter was caught for was was charged with stealing Kenny Pickett's SUV. I I was literally in Atlanta and I'm sitting here like. What the heck is going on? Because I still people are like, I hear people saying, You're Christopher Carter stole his SUV. I'm like, what is happening right now? And then of course everyone blows it up on Twitter. And now I here I am in Cali. It's every time I leave Pittsburgh, something with, with this case happens. But he is but he has been found innocent, which means I've been found innocent. So everyone can get off my back about that. I never stole any SUV or any playbook. Yeah, I mean, you, you stole a car and a playbook. I, I got two words wrong in a tweet. And, <laughs> and everyone's uh, mad at you. Everyone's mad at me. <laughs> Go figure, right? So, in all seriousness, uh, um, it was nice to kind of, you know, explain my side of things and how it went Absolutely. down. And I'm sure, you know, some people are going to watch this and be even more upset with me. And, again, there's nothing I can do about that. I just got to yep. keep doing what I'm doing. And, Carter's going to keep doing what he's going to do. And, you know, we're going to keep covering this team. And hopefully you guys keep tuning in. If you plan to do that, hit that subscribe button. And uh, keep it locked in here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network, where the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette sports staff has all of your Pittsburgh sports coverage that you could ask for. Take care. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.